0: Today we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, the opening prayer. Almighty ever-living God, who willed the Paschal Mystery to be encompassed as a sign in fifty days, grant that from out of the scattered nations the confusion of many tongues may be gathered by heavenly grace into one great confession of your name. Your Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, 2nd chapter, 1st through the 11th verse. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. And suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind and filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven staying in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. At this sound they gathered in a large crowd but they were confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language they were astounded in amazement they asked are not all these people who are speaking galileans then how does each of us hear them in his native language we are parthians medes elamites inhabitants of mesopotamia Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Pamphylia and Pamphygia, Egypt and the districts of Libya near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. The Word of the Lord. Responsorial Psalm, Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. A reading from st paul's second letter to corinthians 12th verse third through the seventh verse and 12th through the 13th verse brothers and sisters no one can say jesus is lord except in the holy spirit there are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same spirit there are different forms of service but the same lord there are different workings but the same god who produces all of them and everyone To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit, as the body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also with Christ. For in one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons. We were all given to drink of one Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Kindle in them the fire of your love. The gospel for this Feast of Pentecost is taken from St. John, 20th chapter, 19th to 23rd verse. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. Then he said this. He showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of of the Lord. Lord. Take the next few moments as we listen to this music to ponder the images and the thoughts that come to you
1: as you listen to these readings.
0: As a Catholic, I was obviously very much formed by the, by the liturgy, by Mass on Sunday. And as a priest, I've celebrated Mass after Mass after Mass every day. I'll be saying this, this thing that is a celebration of, of, of what has happened to the human race because of this figure, Jesus. And one of the things I loved about the liturgy in the renewal is that we brought back at the very beginning of the liturgy a more public form of the, of the request from the congregation to God to forgive us of our sins. It's interesting, we start every liturgy with simply a, a request. Please, Father, forgive me. Have mercy on me. The reason that seems so important is because of the effect of sin, Sin is the enemy. Sin is, is the thing that Jesus came to conquer, to take away its power. And he he taught us this mysterious thing about giving in to evil, giving in to sin. And that seems so strange when you think about it, but it has an incredible element of wisdom. And it's this. Sin is what separates people. If there's anything that's clear about the message of Jesus, is we are all called to be one body, one spirit one reflection, multitude of of different kinds of reflection, but we're all called to be in some way a reflection of this incredible, loving figure that is God the Father made manifest to us through a God-man, Jesus, who implies so clearly in his ministry what he's doing is empowering us to be who he was, who he is, and what it is that God always wants of his people is that we become one in union, communion, oneness. That's, that's the core. Nothing creates more difficulty and, and problems for the evolution of a human being from the time they're young to the time they're old is the relationships they have with people. And If there's a healthy flow of life between parent and child, between friends, partners, there's life. So, the first thing I want to start with is this image that God has come into the world to effect a change and the change is to draw people more and more consciously into one unit, one communion of, of, of intention and the intention is always there for the good of the other. We're called to be one body manifesting this, the, the gifts of the Spirit in different ways. So we look at our first reading, and the first line that strikes me so much is it says that everyone, well, the opening prayer says, everyone is gathered together in in one great confession of who God is. And this oneness is expressed by this experience of the disciples when they were gathered together and they had 50 days since the time that Jesus died and once Jesus died as you know the disciples were terrified, frightened, they were in a locked room, they were filled with confusion and doubt and I'd say the, the 11 that were left <laughs> ran the gamut from John who understood everything to doubting Thomas was anything clear about the work that Jesus did before the Spirit entered into the world in this new way that he enabled through his death to bring to us, you could see that the work before that wasn't that effective, or at least it was very frightening to the disciples when it took the turn it did when Jesus died. And so you have this sense that there was this lack of cohesion and union. And so what happened in 50 days is you have these men that were so diverse in their response to jesus all one and they're in this room and suddenly there's this overwhelming presence of divinity which is in the form of one of the ways in which god through jesus and through the old testament has has provided us an image of how this god works in our life and it's it's like breath it's like wind it's like This mysterious thing, you don't know where it comes from, you don't know where it goes, but you know it can affect great changes from a gentle breeze to a hurricane or tornado. So they're in this room that's filled with this wind. And all of a sudden there's these tongues of fire and and fire is the most interesting element throughout scripture, but it's, it's a combination of light, which enlightens wisdom in a fire that purifies, burns out everything It isn't really what it's intended to be. So just imagine what's happening is in this union they feel with each other the presence of God. That presence awakens in them this awareness. Two things. You're being purified, transformed, and you're being enlightened to be a source of wisdom and light for other people. And what was happening when this... Spirit came is that they wanted, and this is the, 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 the dynamic that God has cre- created in our hearts, when we're given a truth, when we're given life, the instinct, the purest instinct of human nature is to share it with other people, to receive it in gratitude and in thanksgiving, and then say, God, this has given me so much. I want to give it to other people. I do. I want to give it to them. And so you see... All these other people around them they're from all over they're in jerusalem they're 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 from every every country in a sense and they're watching this thing happen and what they're hearing is a manifestation of the feeling that each of these men had knowing that they were being touched by a transforming spirit an enlightening spirit and and that gave them the ability to share the wisdom and the, the life that they had and they started talking about it in their own language And all these other people heard it. Now, why would that be the image that we're asked to ponder about this new thing called the church? It's about individuals being infused with life and light and having this, not just power, but this inner desire to share it with other people, to give it to them. And the interesting thing is it isn't being communicated in the normal way. In other words, if I'm English-speaking and I've got a group of Germans and French people and all these other people and they don't understand at all my language and I start talking about this thing that I know is in me that I want to have be in them and it's life-giving, they get it. So how's that working? It's not through words. It's through this mysterious thing called presence. This presence that's in them is, is so vital and alive when one has it and intends to give it to another person, they receive it. It says a lot about the organ that we know that's in the middle of our chest where God says he dwells and we know that that organ has the capacity, the heart we're talking about, has the capacity to resonate and, and, and share it whatever its disposition is, it's feeling with another person without using words. It's called electromagnetic field that goes out eight, ten feet. So we have within us this capacity to communicate something without words, and that's, that's the mystery that I think we're asked to ponder, this spirit being given to human beings when they have it and they feel it and they know what it creates within them and they have a desire to share it, it flows between us. And words, yes, can help. But it's not the words that work. It's something else. And I want to talk about that something else. It's the presence of God and your human presence. And they're together in terms of their intention of wanting to give life. And it it flows. It works. It goes out. So let's look at then the image of the, of the gospel. The gospel is that moment when Jesus came to the disciples after his death. It's interesting. The gospel is... The beginning of Jesus working with the disciples in his post-resurrection disposition, power, presence. In the opening reading was the the, the effectiveness of it, but, but let's go back to that moment when Jesus appeared to his disciples and for the first time and they're they're locked in a place and they're full of fear and and and, and confusion and doubt. And he's just there and he just says, Peace be with you, peace be with you. And he said, I, I want you, I want so much for you to, to be the person that I've called you to be. And I want you to have this great gift that I want to give you. And it's, it's an amazing gift. It's the gift of, of that you can, you can do something for your brothers and sisters that gives life. But one of the things that's so important that you have to do in order to do this is both receive the Spirit I've given you, but then understand this Spirit has a gift for you, and the gift is your ability to forgive, to forgive sin. Now, what would the disciples feel overwhelmingly when they first saw Jesus after they had doubted and ran away and denied him and all that? They would have been feeling that he would have been angry and, and demanding maybe retaliation or whatever. Now he was just filled with love. And that love took the form of forgiveness. So if you can understand with me that this moment when Jesus is first appearing to his disciples, he sets them on a, a journey of being an agent in the world that unifies the world, reconnects the world by forgiving all the sins that we've done to each other and to God. It's amazing how unifying this element of forgiveness is. And without it, there remains division. And I think it's so interesting that when Jesus says these words to his disciples, he said, you know, if you forgive someone, they're forgiven. If you don't forgive them, their sin remains. And and what is the impact of sin? Separation. So think of it. When you hold a grudge, when you refuse to accept someone for who they are, when you judge people, when you find yourself only comfortable with a certain set of people and the rest you have some kind of resistance to. All that resistance to union and communion and oneness is somehow connected to this thing called sin. Sin is a hard thing to describe. it's, It's easy to describe it if you say, well, it's breaking a rule, breaking a law. God said do this and I didn't do it, so I sinned, so now I need His forgiveness. No, it's more that you as human being have something deep inside of you that, that when left unchecked creates this distance between people. And it's weird because we do it for the strangest reason. We don't know them. We don't understand them. We feel offended by them. We feel threatened by them. They, we think they're better than we are. We think we're better than they are. All of that is, if you imagine, all of that is somehow connected to this thing called sin In order to be the spirit of God in the world, if we don't have this thing flowing out of our heart that I want to call compassion and empathy, if we don't feel something for others and don't know that what others are needing more than anything else from us, if they've offended us, what we need from them, if we've offended them, what is the call to be in union with one another, if we don't understand that that has at the core, this requirement that we be filled with this virtue of forgiveness. And a virtue is not something that you are told to do and you have to figure out how to do it. A virtue is the power to have this, this gift of forgiveness as just a, an integral part of who you are. And it always begins, and I find this so fascinating, it always begins with self You've got to know how to forgive yourself. You've got to know how to have patience and love and compassion and empathy for, for your selfishness, your stupidity, your, your shallowness, whatever. All I'm trying to say is if I can say one thing to you on this Feast of Pentecost about the power that's been poured into you by the God who wants you to be like Him, it's the power to forgive. The power to not hold something against someone. And the desire that everyone become one and all the gifts that each one has become gifts to the other. And that flow of of gift to to another is is blocked so often by a a negative experience that we call being hurt or being somehow damaged by someone else. And The thing that i'm saying is that god said i have given you a power to be one and the oneness is essential because of the communication that you need to have and let the spirit flow from one to the other because i'm in everyone and i know that i've chosen to work through human beings i want to reach others through your friends and and so if you have any block with them it's not going to work very well so please understand there's one primary gift primary gift is to be like Jesus who is the essence of understanding compassion and forgiveness
1: Closing prayer.
0: Father, before we listen to your word when we worship you, before we receive you in Eucharist, we are told by you that we are forgiven. There has to be some key way in which we are able to receive and give things to one another without the block, the the damaging role that sin often has in our lives. So bless us with a greater awareness of this importance of focusing on the heart of your ministry, the love, the acceptance, the empowerment that you give to each of us through your presence in one another is so precious that we should do nothing that blocks it, nothing that gets in its way. And we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: The music in our program was composed and produced by Ryan Harner for this show. Pastoral Reflections with Monsignor Don Fisher, a listener-supported program, is archived and available on our website, pastoralreflectionsinstitute.com, and available anytime, anywhere, and for free on our podcast, Finding God in Our Hearts. You can search and subscribe to Finding God in Our Hearts anywhere you download your podcasts. Pastoral Reflections with Monsignor Don Fisher is funded with kind donations by listeners just like you. You can make a one-time or recurring tax-deductible donation on our website, pastoralreflectionsinstitute.com. We thank you for your listenership and your continued support. Without it, this program would not be possible. Pastoral Reflections with Monsignor Don Fisher is a production of the Pastoral Reflections Institute, a nonprofit in Dallas, Texas, dedicated to enriching your spiritual journey. Executive Producer Monsignor Don Fisher. Produced by Kyle Cross and recorded in Pastoral Reflections Institute Studios. Copyright 2023.